Yeah, we do. That's right. One and seven. <laughs> and seven. <laughs> That's right. And seven. That's right, baby. <laughs> the Dolphins won a game. No longer are we the worst team in the history of the NFL. I love cold opens so much. They're the best. <laughs> Who'd you beat? The Jets. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, man? It feels good. It feels good to get a win. And I, I know that it's probably not a good thing for the whole tank for Tua uh, thing. But if we're going to win a game... I'm glad it was against the Jets. No, you want to win big, man. No. <laughs> what? You want to say at least it was against the Patriots. Like, no. See, because the you, thing is with the Patriots. You can take what you can get, you John. Cheat, you got to <laughs> cheat with. That's not, that's not realistic for where we are as a franchise right now. Because it took, with a more talented roster, like eight laterals last year to beat the Patriots. Okay. <laughs> like, if, you, if you're going to break a fast, you don't get a titiro. You eat a nice steak dinner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, you, I see you, what you're you saying. You picked out a little tootsie roll by beating the Jets. You know, I, I understand where you're coming from. But to me, I'm just happy. Because I honestly, I just hate the Jets more than any other franchise. It's <laughs> not understandable. Even, it's right, not it even based sense. on like wins, you know? Because like the Jets, like they don't win. <laughs> right? Like the Patriots, I dislike because they're good all the time. Also, their fan base is relatively annoying. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but no to, need for the relatively actually. Yeah, no, I, I just know that there are a couple of Patriots fans that listen to the podcast, so I had to, <laughs> I had to say we're talking to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, talking directly to you. Um, but no, the the thing is that the Jets and their fan base always the worst. They are. Yeah, it's like, it's the fan base that that thinks they they need to spell out their team name to us every time oh, they chant for them. It's they, very annoying. They cry <laughs> about everything. Oh, it's the, so bad being, you know, a Gang fan of, of New York. Oh, it's so bad. The Knicks suck. The Mets <laughs> suck. The Jets suck. You know, <laughs> I don't care. I'm glad your team stink. It makes me happy. It makes everyone else happy. You know why? Because the thing is, I live in Florida, as do my gentlemen, my esteemed colleagues here. And I think I guess we should probably introduce ourselves <laughs> before we get too far into the podcast. My name is John Dennis. Uh, you can catch me at 97.5 WPCV. Uh, joining me, uh, as always, my co-host, John Williams. Yes, sir. What's going on? And Alberto Camargo. Yes, sir. You can catch me at um, Harry's Seafood Bar and Grill serving up plates of seafood. <laughs> <laughs> hey, My best man. place in town, dude. Honestly, not even just saying that. I, I do like their, their jambalaya. It is pretty good. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but going back to the matter at hand, I've lived in Florida my entire life. I was born in Miami, raised in Miami, moved to, uh, to Central Florida for college, and I've been here uh, since then. But New Yorkers... And New Jerseyans, I think is is it New Jerseyans? Is that how you Who say cares? That? That's true. <laughs> they are always moving to Florida. John, where are you from again? New York. Okay. Point taken. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's just like they're always here, 
and they're always going to Dolphins games and booing the Dolphins. Like, I live here. Leave my go back to East Rutherford and cheer for your team over there. Stop coming to my house and booing my team in my house just because you decided to retire where I live because it's fundamentally a better place to be. You okay, got, you got to get your fans to start coming to more games, and stop partying. So no, much. the thing is that they sell their season tickets when they when the Jets come into town because they know the Jets fans are going to pay. Abs- exorbitant amounts of money to go watch their terrible Jets team play in Miami. Okay, so they sell that money and it's Miami, so let's be realistic, they're probably buying cocaine with it. Okay? (laughs) That's just what happens. Okay, and that's why the team, (laughs) that's why the the field and the stadium is filled with terrible Jets fans. Yeah, so so the Dolphins won. (laughs) The Dolphins won and they beat the stinking Jets who have tried to reheat the Dolphins' head coaching leftovers. <laughs> and guess what? It's still cold in the middle. It's still disgusting. They put a beard on it and expected him to be, to be That's better. That's right. <laughs> I got some stats for you. Oh, boy. Because you know what? what, what <laughs> what's, better, what's better than stats in a, in a situation like this? Are you ready for this? Hit me with it. Okay. First off, I think we mentioned this last week, but I want to say it again. Adam Gase has now coached 56 games in his NFL, 57 games, excuse me, in his NFL career. His teams have been more likely to lose by double digits, 25, than to win a game, 24. Okay? Still holds (laughs) true. Okay? Now, Ryan Tannehill, who is now starting for the Tennessee Titans, currently leaves the NFL in completion percentage at 71.8 and has a career-best passer rating of 99.7. Matt Moore, also freed from Adam Gase, <laughs> okay, is throwing at 60%, has four touchdowns and zero interceptions, and a 100-plus rating the past two weeks for the Chiefs. And Sam Darnold is garbage. Can't explain that. <laughs> well, oh, just, wait, you as can. Soon, as, soon as, they, as soon as they hire a new coach, Sam Darnold's going to be much better. Yeah, he's going to be a <laughs> Hall of Fame quarterback. <laughs> relax, no, he's relax, not. relax. I know, he's relax. Not. He still see it. Hold on, where's, where's my boy? Uh, no, that's not it. There he is. <laughs> Playing it fast and loose with the hockey's over here. Oh man! Anyway, okay. It was a great weekend overall for Miami sports. I just want to say, like, absolutely, just, just Miami over over the Seminoles got Willie Taggart fired. That was amazing. Yes, the Heat still on fire. Of course, yeah. I, well, going back to the Hurricanes, experiencing it in Tallahassee. Oh, yeah. Dude, that's you got to go to that yeah, game. Well, that's right. Yeah, well, didn't go to the game, well, but I was in you Tallahassee. Got, <laughs> <laughs> you got to soak in the atmosphere. Exactly. Right, right. I, right. Was, I was that guy at the bar with my Miami sweater on, being very obnoxious with the, like, the seven other Miami fans in the building. Right. It was amazing. How about a chain? Did you have a chain? One of the guys had a chain. Let me take pictures with it. Oh. <laughs> I know, somebody had that chain. I didn't even <laughs> ask him. I was like, hey, that's a nice chain, man. I like it. And he's like, you want to take a picture with it? Hell yeah. Of course I do. <laughs> <laughs> you see the colors I'm wearing? <laughs> Amazing. And then and going back to the Heat. The Heat won. The Heat looking real good. Was yes. Five and one right now? Mm-hmm. Five and one. Top of the East. Top of the East. That's Top right, of the with East. The, with the 76ers losing uh, to the Suns, by the way. We'll get into NBA stuff later, but I just I just want to sit in this. And no, and, and how can I forget the Ravens beat the Patriots? Oh, <laughs> on Sunday Night Football in prime time. Because you know what happens when Tom Brady goes somewhere other than uh, Foxborough for a primetime game? He loses. <laughs> Is that so? I'm so annoyed because it seems like every single primetime game they play, they play in Foxborough in front of their home fans. 
They never have to go on the road. And the one time they do, smacked by the Ravens. And by the way, the Ravens defensively didn't do a whole lot that was crazy. Earl Thomas had a pretty decent game. Their run defense played, I think, really well. Uh, but nothing. there wasn't anything crazy that they did right on defense. But offensively, oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Because the Patriots defense has been on a tear. And I had mentioned that I was interested to see how this Ravens game shook out because Lamar Jackson is just ridiculous. Yeah, such he's such a unique offense that's being run through him. Yeah, and it was it was crazy. Like because I was going over the the film for it, and like the amount of times that they like their, their scripted plays at the beginning of the game, tremendous. Like the amount of times that they lined up like in pistol in the pistol formation, and then you know they would hand off to Mark Ingram one play, right? And he would cut it, you know, run up the field for five or six yards, modest gain, right? And then they would come back, same look, very next play, fake it to the running back, and then Lamar Jackson would go the other way for 15, 20 yards. And like the amount of times that they just ran the different plays out of the same formation, it just it's it's so crazy how versatile the offense could be. Because then you have guys like you have the running back sometimes coming out of the backfield as a lead blocker for Lamar Jackson, which is crazy. We need more of that in the NFL, honestly. We need more Lamar Jacksons is what we need. Oh, yeah. Well, definitely that. I would love more of that. You know? But Enough of this pocket passing. I know. I know. <laughs> Who needs a pocket passer these days? Anyways, but it's just, honestly, it was so nice to see. And it, it was crazy because you saw, like, the, the Patriots defense is, like, very well coached. Right? Their whole team is very well coached. But I think what ended up happening was just John Harbaugh knew what rules they were going to put in place for their defense and was able to exploit it. Cause when you think, oh, like the, the when you traditionally speaking, when a quarterback is very mobile, right? What you want to do is you want you don't want to rush the passer really too much with your defensive ends. You want to have them play contain, mm-hmm. right? And you have a spy. Sometimes it's a linebacker, but they couldn't really do that with Lamar Jackson because he's faster than every linebacker they have. So they ended up using safeties uh, mm-hmm. to be a spy. So they ran a lot of cover three, a lot of cover one, um, with the the strong safety being the the spy more often than not um, on Lamar Jackson. But it was crazy how many times like they took advantage of the fact like they had one they had one play where uh, the <laughs> on the play side the tackle. Instead of like going out and blocking the defensive end traditionally like you would on a running play, mm-hmm. because they know that they have to play contain on Lamar Jackson, right? The left tackle pretends he's he's like in that two point, you know, uh, like what you see a lot of times uh, these NFL tackles do, where like we're kind of sitting back in their stance, not no, not with the hand in the dirt, but like sitting back, mm-hmm. and it's it's what's what looks like a pass protection stance, right? And it's used that way more often than not by tackles, so that way they can kick slide out faster towards you know defensive ends and stuff like that. Anyways, so he sets like that, and so the defensive ends like, oh, they're going to pass the ball, and so I have to play contain. And so what he does is he takes his first step like he's pass protecting, and so the defensive end goes outside to you know pass protect or to you know play contain on on Lamar Jackson. Yes, and then the left tackle just drives him out. <laughs> it takes his like momentum with him. Says, "All right, well, we're gonna go this way." And all of a sudden, there's a huge wide baby. open hole. Yeah. Huge wide hole. open hole. It was crazy, and it was honestly, it was so well coached. It was probably I would say like one of the best coached games I've ever seen John Harbaugh have. Like it was, it was honestly, it was pr- pretty wild. You know, going over the and 
it remains to be seen whether he could do that again because chances are these teams will probably end up meeting in the playoffs at one point because uh, the Ravens look really good. Um, you know, their defense is a little better now that they got uh, they got um, Jimmy Smith back on the outside. Marcus Peters they obviously traded for, and Marcus Peters had an okay game. Um, not not amazing, but he's better than what they had before. Uh, Earl Thomas again, he's one of those guys that you know he he did get beat on an amazing amazing play by James White. Uh, so I, I can't really fault him that much for that, but because it was a really good play by James White. But like overall, Earl Thomas played uh, really well. But I'm I'm looking forward to seeing these two teams play uh, in the playoffs, provided they can, because I, I want to see that matchup again because it'll be interesting to see what adjustments that Bill Belichick makes when it comes down to you know crunch time, having seen what the uh, what the Ravens came out and with. I, and I and I imagine the Ravens are smart enough to know that. That matchup with the Patriots is likely in the playoffs, so they probably right. held some looks back, some different ideas, some right. different um, you know experiments back. Yeah, they run so much pistol, and like they they run so many different plays out of the pistol. It's crazy. And the pistol is one of those formations that it before Lamar Jackson and like you know more recent times, it seemed like the pistol had its heyday, it had its fifteen minutes in the NFL, right. and then and then every team was able to adapt to it, knew right. how to stop it, and yeah. it kind of phased out, well, became it, kind of a um outdated formation right and i mean the the west virginia did it against uh <laughs> well they they unveiled it with it with pat white as their as their quarterback pat white the lefty yeah, oh, exactly <laughs> yeah and it was it was something to behold it was taking over you know the college uh, landscape at that point and then it kind of transitioned to the nfl this is what 20 i can't remember how long, how long ago that was it was a while ago though um but yeah it, but lamar jackson is just a better runner than anybody else in the NFL like not even like I mean you can look at like guys like Russell was oh, uh, Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray mm-hmm. and you can say like those guys like those are fast quarterbacks right but they are very much like straight line speed like there's a hole there and sometimes they'll do like design runs but it's maybe like one or two a game whereas with whereas, Baltimore, Le- whereas Lamar Jackson is among the leaders in the NFL in rushing yards yeah it's crazy because <laughs> he creates things that aren't even there like exactly. you, you look at it and you're like how did he even get through that like we didn't even think that would be uh, capable for him yeah to it's, fun, it's funny because the, the entire Lamar Jackson debate when he was in the draft class was well maybe he should be a running back he probably still would have been a really good running back <laughs> like yeah, obviously like obviously he has the talent to play quarterback right. there's no need to debate that anymore mm-hmm. but it's just interesting to see how he can at once be a really promising quarterback pocket you know passing out of the pocket and right. also at the same time be one of the best runners in the league. Yeah. He still he still has some work to go in the in the passing department. Um he was kind of slow when I was watching the film. He's kind of slow to recognize um a lot of reads and stuff like that and okay. reacting to what the what the Patriots were giving him. Um I I can fault some of that. There were some times where I, I thought the play design really wasn't great for for some of those, but I mean, it's it's kind of nitpicky, but he he did some really good stuff, uh, you know, climbing the pocket, you know, and eluding pressure in the pocket. Um, I think he did a really good job there, because um, like I said, they were playing a lot of contain, so he really had to you know step up in the pocket and kind of like find his lanes um, instead of just being able to scramble to the outside. Yeah. Uh, so seeing him make that make that adjustment was really really impressive, um, and he's still really young. That's yeah. the crazy thing is and he's still getting older. He? I want to say like twenty two. Definitely not older than twenty three. Yeah, definitely yeah. not. I, I one of the things I enjoy about him, and it's definitely not an X's and O's, and O's thing. It's definitely a lot more visual, like you know, kind of aesthetic thing about him. Is that all of his throws look so effortless? Like he yeah. he he loads up, um, not as much on his back foot as Cam Newton does, but because Cam Newton when he loads up on his back foot, he slings the thing. Like he, you can tell he's putting a lot of like weight behind it. Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson's throws are just like it seems like he's flicking everything. He really does, and yeah. it's really fun to watch. I think. 
It's it's honestly crazy. And then like on the contrary, Kyler Murray, a similar type quarterback to Lamar Jackson, he's so he's, I think it's because of his slight frame right. that he just has to put his entire body weight behind every throw he, he makes. Well, it's it's crazy with 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 Kyler though, is because he he's not like heaving it when he throws. He's it's, it's not. It's like, a jerky motion. Yeah, but it's it's like more. It's more like like a baseball player. Like when he throws, yeah, like he's just he generates like a lot of like that hip torque. It's like not not so much like throwing like by generating like power off of like your front like foot. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. yeah, um, no, it does. You know, but it's more like just like a like a almost like a, like a boxer throwing a like little a hook. Yeah, exactly. Where he's just kind of like you know he slings it, and that's like, Kyler Murray has impressive arm strength given given how small he is. For sure. Yeah. For so, sure. Anyway, speaking of Kyler Murray. Uh, that game against the 49ers mm-hmm. last was, Thursday was it was it was quite telling for both the 49ers um you know defense looking a little bit shaky and also the Cardinals giving them credit looking a, looking a lot better than people expected this season yeah so and and I had mentioned last podcast that uh, I thought that it would be interesting to see how they handle Kyler Murray because he's one of those guys, you know, like Lamar Jackson, where like he creates mismatches because of like how fast he is. Like you can put a spy there if you want to, uh, but chances are he's faster than they are. <laughs> so if he could, you know, if he could, if he sees it, you know, he can he can make the adjustments. You got to make the make the spy the guy who pissed you off the most in practice that season. So we, that week, so he just has to run right. the entire game. Exactly right. Yeah, something like that. But it's <laughs> it's it's pretty crazy. I I will say that um, I was kind of upset that Quan Alexander is now going to be out for the season because San Francisco and I had said like oh you know, how what quarterbacks are they really doing this against and and yada yada I had a whole like laundry list of of quarterbacks who uh, <laughs> have had their fair uh, share of, of being turnover prone or inexperienced or a combination of the right of the two um, but the they got quite the blow when Quan Alexander uh, tore his pectoral muscle, and he's officially uh, on injury reserve and out for uh, for the season, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think that unless who was the name of the guy you had brought up the name of the of the replacement Ooh, guy? Uh, yeah, uh, did you close out of that tab? Yeah. I did. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a rookie out of Arkansas. I do remember that. Dre something. I'll go back and look. Dre Greenwood was it? <laughs> Dre Green something. <laughs> yeah, Jay, uh, yeah, it's something to that effect. We and will get your name sh- shortly. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Dre Green something. Um, but the thing is that when you when you run a wide nine scheme like the 49ers do, you rely because those the, those C uh, gaps are so wide open because your your defensive ends are so far out on the outside of the tackles. You need linebackers that can fill those gaps. It's super duper important to find guys who not only can fill those gaps, but also be able to recognize plays quickly and be able to react to those plays quickly. Because what will happen is you'll, you know, because it creates those wide uh, rushing lanes in the Mm -hmm. C gap, you need to have running back or sorry, uh, linebackers that can attack those gaps. But then what also happens is you find yourself vulnerable to play action because if you're constantly going downhill trying to stop that C, that open C gap you're leaving space open you, behind you yeah you, you can't you can't bite forward every play you need to be able to look at what's going on in the backfield and react super quickly and Quan Alexander did a really good job of that um, and it's it's a tough ask for a young linebacker to be able to diagnose plays especially in the NFL when you see like the window dressing that goes on in a lot of these these offenses where they're throwing you know a lot of stuff at you I mean look at the Ravens who they, I think they play the Ravens later on this year mm-hmm, that's going to be 
I mean, again, it depends on on what's the name of the guy. His name is Dre Greenlaw. It depends Greenlaw. on how that, about how quickly he adapts to his new role, and he's gonna be put to he's gonna be put to the test right away with the 49ers schedule coming up. Yeah, who do they play? So next week they have the the Seahawks on the road on Monday Night Football. Right, and that's the team that plays super well with the play action. They established a run really well with Chris Carson. Chris Carson has been tremendous. I mean, he's had his fumbling issues, but when he holds on to the football, he's been really, really good. They're a really good running team. And that's the thing. They establish that run. And, I mean, you have Tyler Lockett that you have to worry about. And mm. they have DK Metcalf has been solid. Yeah, I was going to mention him as well. And they just got Josh Gordon. Oh, boy. That they picked up <laughs> off the waivers. You know, I mean, We'll see how quickly he adapts to them through the system. But right. I mean, he's obviously a very raw, talented wide receiver. Yeah, exactly. So, it's to me, that's going to be that's gonna be something to see. It's going to be, a, they're throwing him to the fire, Mr. Uh, Greenlaw. Yes. Right into the, yeah, <laughs> fifth round pick from Arkansas. So, you right. know, obviously they had enough faith in him to take him in the draft. But... You know, he was on the bench for a reason. And yeah. now he's going to be thrown into a very important spot in their defense, a defense that has been pretty good throughout the entire season this yeah. far. But now it's coming up on the toughest part of their schedule. So like we said, um, actually, I believe their, their, uh, their Monday Night Football game against the Seahawks is at home. But they next have the Cardinals the week after that. Then they see Aaron Rodgers. Then they see Lamar Jackson. Then they see Drew Brees three straight weeks. Yikes! Take a break off with the Falcons, <laughs> I suppose. Uh, you get then you but get. The, that's the thing. The Falcons' offense is you really never good. No, you yeah. never know. You're right. And then they get the Rams and the Seahawks to close the season out. The NFC West is tough as it is. Right. And the Niners are gonna have um gonna have quite the battle, especially that last matchup of the season against the Seahawks could be quite pivotal. Yeah. I say. It could, yeah, it could it could determine a lot. Uh, going forward, I will say one good thing about the 49ers. I know I talked about uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and him having uh, kind of being the, the weakest link in that team. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, that last game against the Cardinals, granted, it's the Cardinals, but he made some really good plays. Yeah. There was Kept one play. Took care of the ball, too. Yeah. There was one play that I saw where he had a defender in his face. Like, I'm talking like arms width away. And the receiver who was throwing to Emmanuel Sanders was not open. He had to throw him open while getting assaulted from, you know, right in his face. Dropped a dime in between four Cardinals defenders. Like, just like the talent to, like, get that ball to where it was without it getting intercepted. Mm -hmm. When the guy wasn't even open to begin with, he just dropped it right where it needed to be. And it looked fantastic. Yeah. So, if he can continue to build on it, that's something that hasn't really been consistent with Jimmy Garoppolo. But if he can, that's the thing with Kyle Shanahan. Is he does such a good job, like play design wise, to make the throws easy, so he doesn't have to fit balls into tight windows. But knowing that he can do it from time to time uh, is something that I think that really bodes well for the 49ers going forward. But again, that blow to the middle linebacking core is going to be something that's going to be tough to overcome. I, I'm mm-hmm. interested to see how they decide uh, they're going to handle that. Whether you know it's with. Uh, I mean, I really couldn't tell you honestly <laughs> what they what they could do because that's the thing with the wide nine. It's very reliant on that having that. Like the Dolphins ran wide nine, uh, and Kiko Alonso was like their middle linebacker that they relied on for that you know recognition right. and stuff like that. But he was so slow, and so they got <laughs> torched all the time. And it, it was great because they had you know and and Sue and Cam Wake and and those guys and Robert Quinn on like on the on the, oh, yeah, in the front four. And people are like, oh, like these these defensive linemen are so good. Like, how are they getting gashed all the time? It's because they run this wide nine, and Kiko Alonso is terrible, <laughs> terrible. Great He's name, so though. Slow. I love Kiko, like as like just like a person, right? Like. <laughs> You know, because I know he's he's you know Cuban American. Um, I think what is he? Uh, Cuban Puerto Rican, Cuban Colombian, something like that. He's a uh, Kiko. Uh, Kiko, yeah. But it's like <laughs> it's just great. Like he just fit in with Miami so well. Like from a, like a cultural standpoint. Sure. Um, 
people yeah yeah just hispanics and in, in miami were just su- we were super excited to have you know a hispanic like dolphins player it doesn't happen very often so it does <laughs> and then when he's you know the starter people are excited about it. but then you actually watch him play you're like oh man. <laughs> we like you as a, as a guy but yeah football wise not so much anyways I, i'm interested to see what the 49ers do that's gonna be something to look at um yeah, like but, you said, but, uh, play the seahawks right and then like i said we have that that uh, unfortunate injury with Quan Alexander, who's on the IR. Right. Speaking of players on the IR, uh, news came out just this week that Cam Newton has been officially placed on the IR with his foot injury. Yeah, he had like a Liz Frank issue, and he's going to be out, out for, for the season. season. Yeah, can't catch a break. No, no, and I, I do feel bad for Cam Newton. He's got what one year left on his deal uh, after this season. Yeah, one one year left. He's yeah, a free agent in twenty twenty one. A lot of people have said, you know, maybe it's time to, because I mean, Kyle Allen did not look good. This last game against uh, against the Titans. Granted, the Titans have a pretty solid defense. Mm-hmm. They're not bad, um, but it's it's two weeks in a row now that like Kyle Allen and the Panthers' offense has looked um, not great. Yeah, not great. That's Granted, not, I mean, the, it was against the 49ers the week before, and the 49ers were. A pretty they good also defense. put up 51. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> good luck scoring uh, 51 on the 49ers. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, I I feel bad for the for the Panthers because. Right now, Luke Keekley's still healthy because he's had his injury concerns, but he's mm-hmm. he's in there. He's doing his thing, and the defense, for the most part, looks pretty good. Obviously, they don't look great against the 49ers, <laughs> but overall, like they're they're not a bad defense. I wouldn't say that they're you know they're, I would say they're they're closer to like you know middle third. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. The, the 51 points against the Niners wasn't an, an right. abom- was like I was gonna say well, I was gonna say abomination. It was it was an abomination, but it was also a um. Uh, what's the word I'm looking Aberration? for? Aberration. There yeah, it is. There you go. Um, Outlier. Got the human thesaurus over here. That's what I do, <laughs> baby. Um, anyways, yeah, I I just, if I'm the Panthers, man, I don't know what I do. Because you're paying Cam Newton so much money. And who knows what he's going to look like, look like when he comes back. Mm-hmm. And you could potentially send him off to a team that thinks they're a quarterback away, maybe. And see if you can get a good a good return for him. That you know, with them, if they're thinking, oh, you know, Cam Newton might be, you know, the Cam Newton of old if he has a year of rest or whatever it is. Right. I mean, what are some teams that you would? I mean, the Bears are one that you know a lot of people feel like they're only a quarterback away, but their offensive line really isn't that great either. Yeah, but it's it's just one of those situations where the quarterback is such a sore thumb. He sticks out so much like a sore thumb in that in that team overall. That the I simply the idea of having a competent quarterback. Uh, much less a potentially healthy Cam Newton on that team. Right. It, it it helps their potential. You know, it skyrockets their potential. So yeah, the Bears are a team I'd like to see. You know, kind of make a push for Cam. Um, you know, obviously we don't know what the Panthers are looking for in return. It might be too much. Um, but other teams around the league that might possibly look for him, I'd say the Titans, given their uh their recent yeah. benching of Mariota. That I doubt they're going to go forward with Tannehill. You know, yeah, like I said, I mean, I just mentioned their defense like wasn't wasn't a bad defense at all, and they've got some playmakers on the outside with Corey Davis and, mm-hmm. uh, and AJ Brown, and and you talk about Derrick Henry, who's had a pretty good season so far, and you know you think that he's only going to build on it, you'd think. So yeah, yeah um, they could be a quarterback away from making some noise. What about what about the Dolphins? Would you guys take them? <laughs> no. Why? Why? Because they're going to have Tua. Because they're they're not a quarterback away from competing, and he's only got one year on his deal. They're in everything away from competing. Unless they're unless they're <laughs> gonna... exactly. So why don't you use your picks on somebody other than the quarterback and take him? Because 
for me, I un- I understand Scared the, of his the thought process. Yeah, that's the thing. Because also like, his age. I've had issues. Well, he's thirty. It's not like a death sentence to be thirty in the NFL you, you anymore. Get, Granted, he has been injury prone the last couple. You of get years. five, six years out of Cam when this. You could get you know ten, twelve years out of a you know a number Younger one quarterback. pick quarterback. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, so <laughs> for me, looking at the Dolphins roster, they're not they're not a quarterback away. I don't see them immediately competing with Cam Newton and he would have to I think if they were going to do something like that they would have to like restructure his deal but I've already like I've seen the Dolphins go out and get Dante Culpepper you know instead of Drew Brees Brees. (laughs) yeah that was was the same offseason they said oh let's go with the guy with the knee injury instead of the guy with the shoulder injury (laughs) and like in theory it makes sense like you have quarterback A who grants you a son to Randy Moss but he had some really solid stats and he had a knee injury and you're like okay well you know you rehab the knee you know, you come back and you can still, you know, sling the rock around. Uh, the other guy was Drew Brees, who was he was fine. He who's, wasn't anything who's amazing that? in 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 San Diego. What have we have we heard from him since? Yeah, yeah I think he's toiling around somewhere in the Bayou. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, think, I think he's trying out with the XFL. Listen, I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> I'm well, just saying, you, you know, I I would rather just develop because right now the the way to win is if you have young playmakers at important positions but also if you have a quarterback on a on a rookie deal that can be a whole mm-hmm. lot for you because the dolphins have 130 or 130 something million dollars in cap space right and yes we can go out and get you know free agents at other positions that aren't as expensive as quarterback it's like and he has credentials to go with it like he's got the mvp season under his belt like when he goes for another contract provided he can be healthy next year he's going to command a lot of money yeah I'd say that, um, you know, with the model of the Dolphins having a lot of cap space, you, you, you I mean, <laughs> this is obviously a very uh, uncommon situation, but where the Chiefs are at right now, Patrick Mahomes, as of now, is on a rookie deal. And that's why they're going all out with some of the moves they made to compete now while they have him cheap. It's the same reason, um, although I'll be at a much worse quarterback, the same reason why the Rams went so in on their team a couple years ago with Jared Goff on his rookie deal. Now they've given him the, given him the extension, and all of a sudden they look cap-tied for this team for a while. It's not looking too good for the Rams now. But um, ideally, you'd have a young quarterback developing in his first few years with a lot of talent, and then the cap space to make moves for um, you know effective veterans who can come in and you know b- bolster the team. That's the idea, at least. You know, right. In theory, that's the idea. Yeah, I'd, I would rather they just develop a young guy and then mm-hmm. spend all that money on already established position players, you right. know, skill position players, linebackers, whatever it is, uh, and go from there. And I was going to say, even, uh, you know, the Dolphins aren't in the number one position anymore as far as the draft order goes, but, I mean, this the number one pick, I I haven't been too impressed with Tua since he uh, kind of burst on the scene. Like, yes, he's a really good, talented quarterback, but I think some of the hype comes with the fact that he just came in in the second half of a national championship and won it. I, I mean, I'd like to see how, I feel like this next weekend, Alabama-LSU, Joe Burrow versus Tua. Uh, I'm not even gonna try to say his last name. Um, Tango Vailoa. There you go. Yeah, All right. I got a lot of uh, Tango Vailoa. I got it. Tango Vailoa. <laughs> T- okay. Anyways. Yeah. Tua, Tua versus Joe Burrow. The winner of that matchup may well have kind of pushed their way into consideration for that number one pick because Joe Burrow is a very talented quarterback as well. Uh, so right now, Tua Tango Vailoa has 2,166 yards. Okay. 27 touchdowns and two interceptions. Don't tell me the stats. Just two. Don't tell me the stats. He has the number one QBR. I understand. In college football. It's also Alabama. But the thing is, like, it's more than just, like, yes, I understand he has, like, Jerry Judy. And, like, Jerry Judy's yes, all amazing. Yes, yes, yes. Don't get me wrong. 
But and he also has a really good offensive line that keeps him clean. <laughs> You're Again. making your case worse. <laughs> no, I, like, I'm 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 explaining your side of the criticisms, right? So yes. that way I can explain right. my. So I'm not coming from an uninformed position <laughs> on what these these qualifiers are, right? So the thing is, though, is he's still really good at reading the field. Sure. Yes. Yes. He's make he's good at he's accurate on his throws in both the short intermediate and long game i'm not calling him a bust i'm simply saying he's been penciled in as the number one pick for two years now right are we sure yes okay (laughs) (laughs) yes like i mean there's no besides tank tank for two is a lot more i like catcher than tank for burrow well tank for joe they're saying joe for blow uh, blow uh, blow for joe that's what it is (laughs) blow for joe blow for joe burrow i like tank for two more anyways oh me too (laughs) Thank for Tonga Valoa. <laughs> I again, if if Joe Burrow is the quarter, because like, I understand that the Dolphins won a game, and so now I think if they if the season ended today, they pick like fourth. Yeah, I think they're fourth because is. there's uh, the Jets, the Falcons, and the Bengals are technically um, lower. Right. So at that point, unless another team is going to trade Who's assets, the real winner. Yeah. I know. <laughs> uh, unless a team is going to go and trade assets to either the Jets, if the if the season ended today either the Jets or the Falcons for that number two or number three pick or whatever to go up and get Joe Burrow um I think that there's a solid chance that Joe Burrow falls to four mm-hmm. where the Dolphins pick <laughs> and I think the Falcons will probably win another game as long as as long as the top teams or at least the, the top teams in the draft right. fight for Burrow and Tag and Tua uh just leave Justin Herbert for the Bucks. I want that's why I want. you could take him I think Justin Herbert looks terrible oh come on I don't think he looks I think it's like to Ryan I'm, fall, I'm falling for his height you can you can six fall. six. I fell yeah. for it. It's Brock Osweiler, six foot eight, isn't he? Those are like turned out really don't, good. Don't put don't put the, don't put that energy on my yeah. Justin, dude. Don't stop. I'm just saying, man. Anyways, <laughs> uh, another uh, notable quarterback situation: uh, Gardner Minshew officially mm. benched for Nick Foles, and it makes sense uh, if you're thinking about the investment that you made in Nick Foles right. and, and the and the pedigree that Nick Foles comes with. Not that Nick Foles has ever been, you know, like a, a season long guy, right? Except for 2013, remember that? How long did he play for 20, in 2013? Well, I, I just remember 2013, he had like a 27-2 and two season under uh, Chip Kelly. Was it Chip Kelly in Philly? Was in 2013? That I sounds think. about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I mean, not that it's, it's not important now, obviously, as an outlier, but he was, because he was like a much of a game manager. Right. Then yeah, that I mean, we've, we've seen, we've seen him, yeah, he had 27 uh, touchdowns and, and two interceptions. So when Tua does it in like half as many games, it's, it's terrible. But, you know, Big Foles does it, all of a sudden he's great. That's fine. I just want to know where you stand on these issues. He's not even on your team yet. You're already just defending saying. him. <laughs> <laughs> the Bengals are going to take him, and you're going to have to continue defending yeah, Tua. I will. I will. He'll be the greatest Cincinnati Bengal of all time. Anyways. Um, no, I'm just – Gardner Minshew has had his, has had his – moments where he looks really good and he's also had his moments where you're like what are you doing big guy like it's so i i understand like it, it's not like a dak prescott situation like with tony romo where he was like they're winning every game the offense mm-hmm. was humming they look really really good and so you're like do we really like need tony romo i i think that if tony romo comes back that season they win the super bowl that's just me though because their mm. defense is really good and you know he had the experience that dak prescott didn't have that was 2016 17 Something like that. Yeah. Um, in any case, though, uh, this isn't the same kind of situation. Obviously. <laughs> because Nick Foles has won a Super Bowl. Uh, number one, he was a Super Bowl MVP. Uh, number two. 
And number three, there were times where the Jaguars offense looked pretty inept. Mm -hmm. Like pretty inept. It all went downhill as soon as they started passing out those mustaches. That's true too. Maybe that's what it is. Can't lean into the meme. Mm -mm. When you lean into the meme, you ruin it. Yeah. That's the same thing with Jeremy Lin. (laughs) Everyone everyone started leaning into how great Jeremy Lin was and all of a sudden, where where is he now? (laughs) Is is he playing overseas? um, No, no. He's in in the NBA. He's uh, a nice guy. He's a nice he guy. He's a nice guy. That's fine. He's in I'm the just, NBA. He's not, well, he was on he the Raptors cut. last year. No, yeah, he, he got cut. He, well, he won his championship last year. Right, but he got cut. And then there was, he, he, was, now? he was complaining in the offseason that I'm gonna no one was going to pick him up. Mm, Continue. He did I'm get a ring. No, remember he was complaining in the offseason about how no one wanted how, him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I remember that. He said like the NBA is his. They didn't, nobody's giving him a chance. But Yeah, so he's playing uh, for the uh, Beijing Oh, he Ducks. is overseas. Wow. Yeah. But he just won a ring, so I mean. Yeah, 25, 25 points, points? Yeah, yeah in his debut in the Chinese Basketball League okay that's right yes well, sir we don't talk about China though censorship anyways uh, <laughs> his debut in the beep. yeah exactly <laughs> oh man I wish I had a <laughs> I wish I had that in my little uh, my effects rack here <laughs> that's amazing um, but yeah I, I, I understand the whole Minshew mania and I like Gardner Minshew I dig him you know, I think like the whole story is great regarding Gardner Minshew. Um, but if you're the Jaguars front office, you're thinking, okay, like we know what Minshew provides us right now, and there's a chance that he could get he could be better going forward. You know, we he's proven that he could win NFL games, if nothing else. Uh, mm-hmm. but it's I think time for the guy who's been there before to come in and see what he can do. Because yeah. if he goes in and stinks up the place, then it's like, all right, fine. You know, we go with Gardner Minshew from here on out. But I think you, he got injured in like the, <laughs> the first half of the first game. You right, know, right, right. you need to give him some time to, you know, get in there and, and, and get his guys around him. Um, I, I think that the offense will probably look better, honestly. Uh, with with Nick Foles under center, provided you know maybe not this game, first game out, you know since he was back from his injury, because uh, it's always you know tough kind of shaking off the rest a little bit. Um, but as the season goes on, I think he'll get better. He'll probably have some bad games because it's Nick Foles. It's not like he's Aaron Rodgers, but even Aaron <laughs> Rodgers has bad games. Just ask the Chargers. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we could talk about that. We could make a, have a whole segment about that, but uh, I don't want to get too deep into that. I'm just saying I think that it, it just makes more sense to go back to Nick Foles given the amount that you've invested in him. And it's we haven't heard the last of Gardner Minshew. If if Nick Foles is terrible this season, then they'll say, all right, Nick Foles, like next season you're on the bench because now the fans can't complain that we sent we gave you all this money, you know, and we haven't seen you, and now we know what we have in you, and here's some Gardner Minshew for the for the rest of the time. <laughs> You know, uh, and who knows if he plays, you know, eh, and then you start Gardner Minshew next season, maybe send him to the Bears, you know, because the Bears <laughs> obviously the quarterback. I know like every like halfway competent quarterback gets linked to the Bears because the Bears quarterback situation is so terrible. Yeah, but it, it just makes sense because the quarterback situation for the Bears is so bad. Uh, and not that, you know, some of it isn't Matt Nagy's fault, but that's, again, another segment for another show. <laughs> Anyways, I want to talk about. NBA basketball because that's the only team I followed that's good. Woo! <laughs> Heat basketball, baby. It's the only team you follow. That's not true. <laughs> I follow the Dolphins. They're just bad. I also follow the Panthers. They're okay. You know, eh. They've had, they're, I don't. I don't want to make this a Panthers podcast, though. Let's just. <laughs> I, I, don't I, love even, the I don't even think Panthers podcast exists. Uh, no, there's one. Are you sure? I, I what's, assume what's there's called? one. What's it called? I couldn't tell you. <laughs> exactly. I couldn't tell you. I'm just saying. You know, uh, I'm seeing red. I'm on the. I'm on the pan wagon. Oh call. yes, sir. No, but the Heat are. The Heat very are impressive. They're yeah. hot. That's right. Oh ah, no, ah, they're no. on fire. That's I don't. Right. 
terrible. <laughs> but yes, the Heat are five and one. Yeah, um, they're heating up. Playing Tuesday stop. night. <laughs> I'm ignoring him, stop. John. I'm hopefully if I ignore him, he'll stop. <laughs> they are playing tonight at the time of recording this podcast against the Denver Nuggets, a team that um, had a lot of promise coming into the season, haven't looked great, you know, as good as as good as we thought they would. Right. But um, I think we'll learn a lot about both the Heat and the Nuggets tonight. By the time this uh, podcast goes out, game will have happened, so we can't quite react to it. But it's been um, a, an impressive kind of a team effort for the Heat so far this season because Jimmy Butler, their marquee signing, max contract. He hasn't, you know, been the top scorer in in all but one of the three games he's played in so far. Right. And um, in fact, the first game he came back, he had five points and it just like yeah. eleven rebounds, six assists, six team steals. Team some... play, exactly. Baby. Everyone was talking about how Jimmy Butler was the team guy. Yeah. He was playing with the uh, with the Seventy Sixers and how you know when he took Carl Anthony Towns and the boys to to task in practice <laughs> with all the uh, all the bench players. So y'all need me here. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow, that was uh, the oh. minute he said that. I'm like, please come to Miami. I know. <laughs> but it's so, great. so um. The last game they played, uh, their top scorers were, and you know, if you bet money that these would be the top scorers, <laughs> you're probably very rich right now. Yeah. Duncan Robinson yep. and Myers Leonard. That's right. Two, t- the only two guys who scored 20 points in that game. Yeah. And it's just. I think Drew Butler had what 18 that game. It's, uh, something like that. Yeah, I'm not 22 quite sure, but... or in like 25 or 22 and right. And it's just like it's that. it's That's such crazy. a um you know you, you you one side of the argument will say it's unsustainable, and at some point you know, the role players will start to play like role players again. I would say, as a, as a very obviously unbiased person, right. that this team is destined for greatness, and That's we will right. see the Lakers in the finals. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. I take. <laughs> yeah. Who makes, what makes you think the Lakers I, are going to the finals? I didn't think about it. I, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think. Honestly, didn't even think about the team I said in the West. I just said the first team that came oh, to my mind. They're also 5-1, I think, right yeah, now. Yeah, right? they are, but, yeah. you know. Yeah, exactly. That, that's the hot take in that I sentence. Can, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so well, I do have some stats for you because I, I think that right we, we can't we can't sit here and say the Heat are the best team in the NBA without at least providing some statistical analysis. Right ahead, I love stats. Points per game: the Heat are fourth in the league, one hundred and seventeen point eight points per game. Pretty good. Point differential: first in the league, eleven point seven because their defense rock solid. Yeah. Also, assists per game: third in the league, twenty seven per game. Uh, steals per game with 10, third in the league. Blocks per game, second in the league with seven, and 10th in the league with 47 rebounds per game. Love it. <laughs> Everything about that obviously screams small sample size. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> look, 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 man. We can't, we can't make this an entirely indulgent thing, right? We have to. Of kind course of pre- we can. <laughs> this is our podcast. The only person who's going to stop us is John. John, you stopping us? Yeah, because the Bucks are in pretty much every category you mentioned. Either right there with the Heat or above them. Mm. Not in point differential. <laughs> I will say point differential is one of those stats that is very telling about which team is actually good and which team is actually bad. I remember that's right. I remember the year that the Warriors went seventy three and nine. Their point differential was like historically great in like the fifteen to sixteen range. Obviously, mm-hmm. the Heat aren't that good, but well, <laughs> <laughs> let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> we got the Heat, the Bucks at the Heat at eleven point six, the Bucks at eleven. Lakers at 10.5, Suns at 8.5. And guess who smacked up the Bucks on in, in Milwaukee in the second game of the season in overtime? Mm-hmm. Smacked them up. Without Jimmy Butler. They flame broil them. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Dwayne Wade would be so proud. He there would. it is. There it is. He would. <laughs> so, all right. And, and I think one of the big reasons why they're doing so good is Bam Adebayo. Oh, my goodness. 
he's been tremendous because he provides value offensively. Nothing crazy, mm-hmm. but he's one of those guys that could probably average somewhere between you know eleven and thirteen points per game and get you you know nine point eight rebounds per game. And then he's been getting some solid assist numbers, a couple of blocks here and there. Some of the passes he's making are ridiculous. That's true. He had too. one pass on the near the top of the key, yeah, by the elbow. Actually, he was um he had his back to his defender. Kind of noticed, I forget who it was cutting. It was it was Kendrick Nunn. The first play of the Rockets game. Mm-hmm. Kendrick Nunn was in the corner near the elbow where Bam was standing. He cuts baseline, and Bam just kind of loops a bounce pass, if that makes sense. Like, he he bounced it very close to him so that the bounce was very high, and it looped over the top of Kendrick Nunn's defender, mm-hmm. and just was perfectly under the basket for Nunn to finish. It was yeah. just an amazing pass by a, a second-year big man. Yeah. And it, you know it's very promising, and this is on top of all of his defensive qualities. Right, and so this is this is a set that I saw players defended by Bam Adebayo this season. Uh, Westbrook is one for three, Carl Anthony Towns one for six, James Harden zero oh for four, Giannis did the best five for eleven, and Chris Middleton zero oh for one. And that's a one through five. That's a point guard, yes. shooting guard, small forward, power, yes. and center. He like, is, there was, I mean, there was a clip that we saw, I think it was from last year, where he was guarding Steph Curry, and, like, Steph Curry had to pass out. And we were like, clamps. what happened? Clamps. <laughs> Absolute clamps. The dude's a monster. <laughs> the dude's a monster. And I think that, I mean, you, you couple that with Kendrick Nunn being able to score at the clip he's been scoring at. Um, Tyler Hero, obviously, who is a actual bucket. Mm-hmm, of course. And, <laughs> and, I mean, that's not to mention Jimmy Butler. And Justice Winslow's been doing really solid, too. Point Justice. Point Justice, Justice better. Justice, Justice better. Yeah, that's right. Goran Dragic has looked really good off the bench. And I'm very glad he took that bench role. Me too. He's not Deion Waiters, who's been, you know, I, I was, I was going to use a word, but I can't use it on the podcast. He's been exiled from the yeah, team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Now they got James Johnson back, who's also a really solid Got defender. the braids now. Yeah. Got the cornrows going. Mm-hmm. So, I'm just saying. How do they do it? Have the Heat ever really been a terrible team? They were really so bad. The last time they were really bad was the year before they got Michael Beasley. Yeah. They went like 15, like 15 wins, like 2007. Yeah, it was yeah, cuz Dwayne was, Wade was, was on that team, Dwayne, but Dwayne Wade got hurt though, I think right. that season. Yeah. That was the last time they were like you know, yeah. bad. They, like, they should have gotten the lottery pick, but instead it went to the Bulls. Chicago and they got Derrick Rose with that pick. Still salty about oh, it. Oh yeah, very salty. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Since then, the Heat have obviously had either a uh, you know, a playoff team with Dwayne Wade, obviously the big 3 era, and then since then um, they made the playoffs one year, missed it another year, but just barely. So yeah, they've never been bad very often. The Heat, I think, I, I don't mean, this is a stat I saw a long time ago. I think the Heat have less um, losing seasons since Pat Riley took over as as a you know head coach slash GM mm-hmm. president than the Knicks have like playoff wins or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could make any stat. <laughs> about, the, about, about the Knicks? <laughs> God, it's always when, when the Knicks do that. terrible, it's the best. Yeah, but the Heat are a nice, a very promising team. Another yeah. promising team in the NBA so far this season has been the Phoenix Suns, yeah! a team that the last four years have a combined. I think they have eighty-seven wins combined in the last four seasons. Oh, they've been like the picture of like just terrible management. In, they, yeah, they've been the they've been the Seventy Sixers without all like the fanfare of the process. Right. <laughs> like they've been they've been doing the process after it was cool to do the process. Right. So um, this year they've already won five games, five and two. They just beat the Seventy Sixers, by the way, for their first loss of the season. That's um, right. Last night. Um, Devin Booker had a, an amazing stat line, 40 points, 15 of 19 from the field. Um, just you know, absolutely diced up the Sixers' defense. Granted, they didn't were missing Joel Embiid, but you know, serving a suspension for the fight against Towns. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Which was just it was, uh, yeah. amazing. Chef's kiss. Yes. Yeah, it really was <laughs> but, um, fantastic. Yeah, the Suns are looking uh, pretty good. The, the thing is, 
they've been doing this without uh, their you know second year big man for number one pick DeAndre Ayton, who right. was suspended um, you know once the season started for uh, using a diuretic, which from yeah. what I read is essentially something to flush out his. Um, his bodily fluids, I guess, or mm-hmm. don't know how to describe that, but right. you know, the conspiracy is that he was using the diuretic as a way to um, flush out another substance that would have been banned, right? Um, and that's that another substance worse. that would have been worse, yeah. So <laughs> at least PR wise, yeah. So he's suspended for twenty five games. Um, as of today, recording this podcast, John Collins, uh, forward for the Atlanta Hawks, suspended twenty five games for right. P- for a growth or ho- for a uh, HDH, and it's be- it's become a um a, a quiet. Well, not so quiet, but a an unexpected storyline, I'd say, in the NBA in the NBA this season. Right. That's now three players who've been suspended since the summer for right. performance enhancing drugs, which is crazy because, like, I, when I think like performance enhancing drugs, like I think baseball steroids. number one, yeah. yeah, steroids because you know obviously it helps you hit the ball harder. Right. You know, it doesn't it's not going to help you if you can't make contact with the ball. But those people <laughs> who do make contact with the ball, it helps you hit the ball harder. Uh, and when it comes to football, I understand because uh, I guess for like the recovery of it, you know, because you're constantly getting, you know, getting hit and getting bashed. And obviously, you know, with the strength, you know, of either blocking somebody, mm-hmm. you know, if you're an offensive lineman or trying to make a tackle, if you're a defensive player, whatever it is, like all that stuff, like makes sense uh, for those sports. For basketball, I just, I mean, tell me if I'm right. It just doesn't seem like something that would make any sense, like from like at least like not a like a bodybuilding standpoint, like a strength building uh, standpoint. Yeah, it, it, it makes less sense. I'd say because you know steroids and HGH and PEDs are associated with building up strength, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm sure you know I'm not speaking from experience obviously, but I'm sure PEDs would help with like endurance, you know, stamina, <laughs> uh, things of that like, which is obviously things that are very helpful in basketball. Right. Um, I'm just you know it's one of those things that uh, the NBA has always seemed a bit too clean when it comes to PEDs mm-hmm. because you know baseball had their time in the ni- 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. Right. Football has had you know issues with PEDs for the longest time right. um and the nba has had a quite you know a squeaky clean resume when it comes to that True. almost to the point where it's like it's it's become a bit you know easy to be skeptical about that because sure. in any sport you know there are going to be some athletes who are going to look for any sort of advantage legal or illegal so the fact that it's taken this long for the nba to crack down on peds you may say oh it's just the nba players don't need them or you could also say maybe the nba has been quite um lenient on that sure. in their past yeah and, and i mean it's, it's possible a couple of different things happen you know it's unless you're behind the scenes and you really know what's going on what would have caused the the uptick mm-hmm. um whether it's you know them changing you know their schedule as to when they're testing people or maybe adding right. certain substances to the list that weren't there before and so no one you know was getting caught with that you know kind of stuff in, in years past or mm-hmm. you know whatever there, there could be a number of possibilities i would assume it's a combination of both yeah you know, or you know, Adam Silver's just bringing the hammer down. He's like, "All right, you guys gonna talk smack about China? That's fine. Here we go, <laughs> lay the hammer down." No, I, I just, uh, I just, I mean, John, you, you're a basketball player. You played basketball uh, at a high level. It, you know, did you ever take steroids? Is that something that? Uh... <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm looking at you. I mean, you got the white tee on. The muscles are looking good. You know, I'm just <laughs> curious as to whether or not was that that was produced naturally, or did you have to go through alternative measures? If someone was taking it. In the NBA, I'd imagine it would be for recovery purposes, right. and probably somebody with like chronic um, injuries. Right, that's, where a, good, that's a good point. Injuries. That's a good point. Where they're constantly dealing with something. They may get some advice from a trainer outside of the organization. To say, hey, take this. Um, yeah, because yeah, I, I've heard, I've I've heard that you know a lot of athletes are, uh, 
a lot of athletes who've been caught for PEDs, HDH, and of anything of that sort of nature, mm-hmm. they will defend themselves by saying, I took it as a means of recovery from an injury. Right. Just trying to recover quicker to get back to doing what I, you know, right. can do best quicker. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's possible that, you know, these players are taking these uh, hormones, drugs, whatever you want to call them, for recovery. Um, but regardless of the facts, any sports league is going to crack down on that. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I've always kind of maintained the opinion that if all of this stuff is for entertainment, like why can't they just do steroids? Lean right? Like it. if everyone just does it, you know, like <laughs> it's fine. More or less level playing field, right? You can, if, like if you inject like more than the recommended dose of steroids, you don't get stronger. You just have more steroids in your yeah. body. You don't. It's not like you know it's directly proportional. Like oh, I took 150 <laughs> milligrams of HGH <laughs> instead of the 145. So check me out on Mr. Universe next week. Like it's not gonna. It doesn't work like that, right? Yeah. At least I mean that's that's what I know. You know, not being a steroid user myself, if I took steroids, I'd look a lot better than I do right now. Um, but I'm just. To me, if if you lean into it, you know, I think it would just provide a better product. You know, the, some of these players <laughs> would would recover from injury faster, so the fans would get to see their favorite player instead of having them out with a nagging, you know, I don't know, hamstring sprain or whatever it is. You know what I'm hey, saying? Hey, young man, welcome to the team. Here's your draft hat, your draft number. Um, here's some travel schedule, some some nice apartments in the area of the city. Here's some. Here's your syringe and your dosage of yeah, steroids. Yeah, <laughs> see, trying just to cycle just like the that. draft. The draft pick package is all there. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like it. To me, I, I, I guess I, I understand that there are certain health risks, risks that are assumed when you do, you know, those kind of things. Uh, but I, I don't know. When you look at when it comes to this, let's say recreational drug use, right? Mm-hmm. In uh, America, we have you know a policy where you know you use certain drugs and you immediately go to prison, right? Whereas in you know certain countries in Europe. They have it set up where instead of throwing you in jail for using certain drugs, they decriminalize certain drugs and they allow they give you like the help that you need uh, to you know either beat your addiction or to at least if you're going to use you safely or safer uh, than you would if you were you know just like in a, in the back alley trying to find a, a <laughs> you know a, a, a vein to pop a syringe in you know what I'm saying like obviously uh, like it's 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 sketchy either way, but one is like a little less sketchy than the other one, right? Of course, yeah, of course. And so, you know, without getting into like the politics of all that, like if you were to kind of like adopt that same policy for sports where it's okay, like we allow you to like there there aren't substances that would get you kicked off of the team or kicked out of the league or suspended or what have you. But if you are going to use, we ask that you, you know, consult with our league, you know, third party individual doctors who can make sure that you're not actively hurting yourself by doing what you are going to do. Yeah, but at that at that point it'd have to be a it'd have to be like a league wide thing where, yeah, here, go ahead, use them. Just don't use them too much. Right, or not necessarily like advocate, like, like go ahead and use it. It's more like we're not going to stop you from using them. And if you plan on using them, here's someone you can talk to so you don't kill yourself. Yeah, but then you, then you create an unlevel playing field. and. That, but if everyone gets to use it, then whatever. Then, well, then at have, that point, the league has to say, here, everybody use it. Yeah, <laughs> no, then you don't have to use it. You know, it's like baseball in the 90s. Any it athlete. was amazing. Everyone loved baseball in the 90s. <laughs> Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, the home run battle. It's all like I didn't even like baseball really that much, and that's all <laughs> anyone could talk about. And I loved it. 
Some sort of respect to Barry Bonds, man. I gonna mention Barry yeah, Bonds? Yeah, Barry Bonds. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, true. Yeah, he was part of uh, you know, of that that era, also, obviously. But if you're going straight for entertainment value, that's the whole. That's what the whole thing is: is entertainment value. Oh, yeah, but here, here's the thing. Okay, let, let's let's dive into this. Let's do this. So, if if baseball were to were to give steroids to every one of their players, obviously more home runs, more big hits, yeah. this, that, and the other. Well, how would that really change basketball, though? We've, we've talked about this. We're, Faster we're, recovery time. So that way, instead so? of having to do the Spurs doing their load management games and, you know, where for a while they were sitting all of their stars when, uh, you know, Ginobili and, and Duncan and all <laughs> them were on the older side. Now they're kind of doing the same thing with, with Kawhi a little bit. Uh, well, and, they were. Yeah. Well, yeah, they were with... Uh, <laughs> You know, when he played for the Raptors too, though, I'm just saying, oh, like, yeah, you yeah. know, like other teams have experimented with like the load management kind of stuff before and you, it would make for less of an incentive to do that. Cause like, if you're feeling fine because you're pumping yourself with H- HGH, then, you know, you're feeling I was, good. The I was thinking like, there. Yeah, I was thinking like, how would that affect the encore products? Um, you know, you, you could joke a bit, oh, more dunks and more people getting dunked on, but like that wouldn't, that wouldn't happen. No, I feel like every, if every so. player is juiced up. There's gonna be yeah. a lot more fights. <laughs> That's possible. <laughs> Not just on Twitter either. It's just real oh, life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shout out, shout out were, Embiid and the There boys. were more blows thrown between Embiid and Towns on Twitter than they, they were really on the court. Were. Between Twitter and Instagram, just like <laughs> exactly. Oh my god, what a what a soap opera that is. Anyways, I can't wait for them to play again. They'll play again until March though, which is yeah, it's it's a long time from yeah. now, and hopefully they're both healthy. But, then. but I, I did enjoy uh, Embiid uh, tagging uh, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler, saying, like, yeah. Jimmy, tell him. <laughs> Tell them what you told me. <laughs> <laughs> and Jimmy just standing there like, like, uh, yeah, man in my business in Miami. He liked it. <laughs> he did like it. That's funny. Anyways, um, you guys have anything else? Uh, don't think so. That's Steph, about it. Steph Curry's out. Warriors are definitely not making. Oh players. yeah, oh yeah. Let me brag a little bit, huh? Yeah, <laughs> if you'd like to. Sure. Let me let me <laughs> do like fine. let me do ten seconds on it real quick. All right. I predicted time. the Warriors would be a lottery team. They are more than likely going to be a lottery team this season. I didn't wish for injuries. Didn't wish for any of that. But it just happened. To work it just out. happened to work yeah, out. I mean, yeah, you know. it's not like you broke Steph Curry. It's not like you walked up to him like with a hammer and said, "Let me see your hammer real quick." Yeah, I gotcha. No, he didn't do that. Obviously, but uh, uh, but yeah, it's looking like the Warriors are going to be quite the bad team this year. And um, you know, I'll take being right anytime I can take being right. You know, that's that's all we have sometimes in this world, man. <laughs> you just gotta do what you gotta do, and then. You know, take your because that's the thing. You're gonna get called out for the for the bad takes. You might as well take a victory oh, yeah. lap for the good oh, takes yeah. too. You better believe it. That's right. <laughs> and by the way, you know, shout out to uh, to Dev who I'm sure is watching the uh, the Nuggets Heat game right oh, now. Oh yeah, I'm sure he's listening to this now or whenever he listens to this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you either I either have something to brag about you, right. brag about you over, <laughs> or you can brag over me about it. But we'll see. More than likely, I'm gonna go on a limb right here. Heat win tonight. Ooh, you see, that's that's bold of you because this comes out after the game is already played. So even though you're <laughs> predicting it at nine thirty six right now, that's 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 the, that's the, the game. That's the game we got to play. All right, right now the score is twenty nine twenty eight at the end of the at the end of the first quarter. So more or less even. <laughs> so it's it's not like you're you know it's you got to like heat up by thirty and you're saying oh yeah you got to like, play the go. win you got to play the game to win the game. Yeah, I'm I'm just giving everyone context <laughs> for when you're when you're pro- uh, proclaiming the heat to be the victor. You know, so if we, if the heat do win, you're, they're not saying oh well, he probably was watching at the end of the fourth quarter and saying the heat are going to win. <laughs> I just want to provide you that cover. Um, anyways, thank you so much for listening to uh, another episode of the Somewhat Sports Podcast. I think it's episode 40? Maybe. Yeah, I think so. It's up there. 
Almost yeah. 30 to 50. It's 39 or 40, whatever it is. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Somewhat Sports Podcast. Please feel free uh, to subscribe to the podcast uh, on Apple Podcasts. I think we're on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. Uh, basically, almost anywhere you get your podcast. And if wherever you get your podcasts, uh, you know, isn't where we're at, then let me know. <laughs> Shout me out on on Twitter and say, "Hey, I usually get my podcasts on you know this app or whatever, but you're not on here, and I'll see what I can do about getting on uh, whatever po- podcast platform that is." Um, but if you are listening to me right now, thank you for going out of your way to listen to the Somewhat Sports Podcast. Please rate uh, and review as well if you can. It would mean a whole lot to us. Uh, you can check me out on Twitter at John Dennis Radio and also on Instagram at John Dennis Radio. That's J O N Dennis Radio. John Williams. Uh, JL Williams 5 on Instagram and it's my birthday when this drops oh should we sing a happy birthday song to you let's not no we don't have enough time (laughs) how about how about one of these (laughs) happy birthday man that's for you (laughs) and Alberto yeah so uh, A-L-B-A-R-E-T-O-E underscore on Instagram and just the thing without the underscore on Twitter there you go. I'll, I'm going to be changing it soon. Yeah, this, you, I can't. I can't keep on doing this. <laughs> <laughs> it's very tiring. Yeah. I need to come up with a better way I of bet. doing this. I bet. And of course, you can check out the uh, the show on Instagram and Twitter. Feel uh, feel free to reach out to us on either Instagram or Twitter anytime. Uh, we love to uh, de- uh, debate sports with you if you think we got a terrible take or something like that, or you you know, or you're a New Yorker and you're mad at me for for ripping New York and their fan base. Uh, feel free. <laughs> Let y'all know. Let yeah. y'all know now. My Twitter fingers are itching. <laughs> exactly. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Tell them. Tell them, Beto. All right. Uh, Other than that, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Somewhat Sports Podcast. And uh, we'll leave you with this to close out the show. That's right. It's the only one I'm going to be able to do all season. Woo! (laughs) We're the Miami.